Hi guys, it's me, Paula, and I pray. And this morning I have a message for all of us that the Lord gave me early this morning. We do have our prayer call tonight. I want to see you and hear your voices. So do not miss the prayer call. There's always a special anointing that comes when the Lord, his saints gather together in his name. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this podcast, and I thank you for ministering to every single person who listens to this podcast by the Holy Spirit. We break through, we break the bonds of wickedness today, and we let the oppressed go free. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, the title of this message really is about the blessing and the curse. And and my research, because of the book I'm writing for these children and these babies, has led me to go back and look at barrenness and look at what's happening in our world today regarding that. And it led me to study the blessing and the curse in under the law in Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy, which talks about to the nation of Israel, if they would obey the Lord, these blessings would come. And if they did not obey the Lord, the curse would come. So I want to go over that with you, and I want to talk about prayer as well. So in Jesus' name, receive the word and be blessed, okay? First of all, um, something, something that came to my attention today that the Lord showed me was how every, everybody should follow the blessing and the curse, because if they had looked at the word of God, but then you hear of these people saying, well, you know, um, I'm reevaluating the scriptures. I'm like, reevaluating them? Like, what do you mean? You're changing them? Oh, okay. That would be a cult if you're doing that. Well, what they're really saying is, I'm choosing that I don't want the scripture to apply to me. I go, well, I can't do that. You can do that, but you will not be blessed. So if you want the blessing of the Lord in your life, if you want the favor of the Lord in your life, let's take a look at what does that look like? The blessing, Deuteronomy 28 starts out, and I'm going to read it in a little bit, a different version. It would be an Amplified Bible, which is helps us to uh, understand a little bit better. So he says, now it shall come uh, to pass if you will diligently listen to obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I am commanding you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you pay attention to the voice of the Lord your God. So right there, if you, you, he's talking individually to each and every one of us, we pay attention, we press into the heart of God, you will be blessed in the city, you'll be blessed in the field. Here's the key, verse 4, the offspring of your body, think about the, your produce, but even your animals, the offspring of your herd, says, will be blessed. Everything you own, in other words, this is the ancient world now, God's law, and he's speaking to ancient people. But let's just interpret that for today. Your kids will be blessed. Your babies will be blessed. And he says, your basket and your kneading bowl will be blessed. There's no lack. There's no poverty when you're under the blessing. You're blessed when you come in. You're blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause the enemies who rise up to defeat you to be defeated before you. And they will come out against you one way, but they'll flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your storehouse. So that would be your, your pantry, your, all that you undertake. He will bless you in the land which the Lord has given you. He will establish you as a holy people. That means you are set apart for the Lord for service. I'm just interpreting that as we're going along here. Uh, he'll give you great prosperity in the offspring of your body. Again, your babies will be blessed. That's verse 11, Deuteronomy 28. 
Now, if you skip down to verse 14, it says, Do not turn aside from any of the words which I am commanding you today, to the right or to left, to follow and serve other gods. And that's where the problem lies, serving other gods. What are other gods, you might say? Well, those are idols. Those are some things that you love more than you love God. So there are consequences then to disobeying the blessing the Lord wants to give you, right? The opposite of that would be the disobedience would be the curse because the blessing is the favor, remember? So he says, but if you should, it shall come about if you do not listen. You are refusing to listen. You notice this is an individual thing. Um, this isn't a religion or a ritual that we do. It is a relationship with Almighty God through His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. But it shall come to pass if you do not listen and obey the voice of the Lord your God. So He wants you to be careful to listen to Him every day, to do all His commandments and His statutes, which I'm commanding you today. Then all these curses, so you say, where does that come from? I thought that was just witches. No, the word curses is something bad that is going to happen. You can say, well, I just live around and I just have a bad feeling. Well, forget you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people who are children of God right now. Your heart is open to the Lord and you want to learn. Sit back and learn the word of God so you can be closer to the Lord, your God, and so you don't fall into these traps. If you have fallen into these traps, hallelujah, there's something called grace, undeserved favor that we don't deserve, that God has bought and paid for by his blood through Jesus Christ. So you can bind and break curses in Jesus' name, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and you can loose yourself from these curses now by obeying the Lord, simply obeying the Lord. You know what the number one problem in the church today is Bible illiteracy. People do not follow this book, the Bible, as their rule. They don't obey it. It doesn't apply to them. They say they're reevaluating it. Look, what, I, I still don't understand that. Reevaluating what? You don't reevaluate Almighty God. He's not a man. He's not human. He's God. There's nobody like him. Nobody ever will be like him. And you need to get to know him if you don't know him. These curses will come and overtake you, it says. You'll be cursed in the city, cursed in the field. Your basket, your kneading bowl will be cursed. That means your kitchen, <laughs> the offspring of your body is cursed. Think about it. Verse 28, the Lord will send these curses of confusion and rebuke in everything that you undertake. Now, I don't know about you, but our nation is a nation of confusion. I was looking at some video yesterday on Baltimore, Maryland, and what happened there when the riots came. And of course, Ferguson, Missouri, I'm from St. Louis, several years back when the riots came there. And I was looking at this thinking, wow, these evil deeds that are done are examples of the curse. The Lord will make pestilence, plagues cling to you. Those are like everything that comes upon the earth. You know, you say storms, tornadoes, hurricanes, um, you know, natural disasters, um, sickness or disease, anything will come and consume and eliminate you from the land. Wow, that's not a good thing when you're under some kind of a, you know, disease, you know, they have, people have uh, terminal illnesses and diseases and it spreads to everyone. You know, that's a bad thing. That's a curse. It says the Lord will strike you with consumption, fever, inflammation. Isn't that interesting? Inflammation is the root of all disease. And mildew and, and all those things, those are curses. If you're under something like that right now in the name of Jesus, I break it off of you in Jesus' name. But you must rise up and obey 
the voice diligently. Listen and obey the voice of the Lord your God right now, okay? It says that the heaven over you will be like bronze and block. In other words, when it says heavens over you will be like bronze, that's pretty, you can't break through on a bronze, <laughs> brass or bronze, you know what I mean? It's saying it's hard. So giving no rain, that means blocking all your prayers. When you go to pray, things are blocked because you're under a curse. And below you, it says it'll be like iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder and dust. From the heaven it will come down on you until you are destroyed. In other words, it doesn't say the Lord will make you. What it's really saying is the Lord will allow or permit. Make sure you understand that in that sense when you're looking at the old covenant. Because we know in Jesus, he became a curse for us. Wow. He took in and on himself the curses, all the curses of sin and death. Who are you in Christ? What do you have in Jesus? You need to find out. All right? Because the Lord wants to bless you. So he goes on to say in Deuteronomy, your sons and your daughters will be given to another people while your eyes look on and long for them continually and there'll be nothing you can do. That means your children will be held captive. You know, when you marry or you enter into a relationship with a man through intercourse or a woman, you are taking on the spirit of that person. So if the spirit of that person has uh, curses on them, you get them. You get them. That's what you get. Until you break it, that is, and come to Christ and repent of your sins. And so your sons and daughters and born out of that relationship are under a curse. So when people say, when you marry, make sure you marry someone that comes from the same family or like, you know, there's always saying like the Jewish mama says, marry a nice Jewish girl. Well, the reason he told her son, his son to, her son to marry a nice Jewish girl because she knew the old covenant, the law. And it said, if you marry outside other nations, you will be cursed. They will set up their idols and they will bow down to false gods. Therefore, you and your children, listen to me, will fall under a curse, okay? So the Lord wants us blessed. He doesn't want us to fall on demonic curses. And that's why I'm sharing this word with you. This is going to bless you. Will you open your heart right now and receive? You need to receive the word of God. You know, when you're speaking and ministering the word like I am all the time, and if it doesn't go into good ground, into a soft heart, into a receiving heart, it just lays there and just falls to the ground because you didn't lay hold of it. Lay hold of the word right now, will you, by faith? It says, your sons and daughters will be given to another people while you look on and long for them. Well, given to another people, that is really sad because... That means people that are not right with God, who do not adhere to the word of God, who do not live for God, who do not know Jesus as their savior. You see, that's why it's important to marry someone that is like you and your belief, okay, in God. When you don't, you open your family and you up for a curse, all right? I'm not going to read the whole Deuteronomy 28, but you need to read the law. Deuteronomy 28, it's only two pages. You need to go in and read it. The blessing and the curse. In verse 41, it says, You will have sons and daughters, but they will not be yours because they will go into captivity. You know, that's sex trafficking as well. They'll go into sexual sin. You know, it's amazing to me how many little children today, it's astonishing that are sexed up. They are five years old, six years old, seven years old, eight years old, and they look like little whores. I mean, 
the fashions, they look like whores. They talk like it. They wear all kinds of, you know, things on them that make them look like little sex objects. Is it any wonder that kind of thinking has not brought the society that we live in our culture down to the ground under the curve? Isn't it any wonder when you see parents giving their kids over to um, this stuff? You know, I saw one lady, you know, her child has to be in all these pageants all the time. And she's got this kid, the glamour on this kid. I mean, this child, this mother needs to have her head examined. She needs to get her kid's head in the word of God, her heart sold out to Jesus. So she will be successful. So she will have a good life. And you know what, what her mom is doing is going after the things or the father is the patterns of this world. They're following the patterns, not of Jesus, not of the blessing, but of this world. And it will, your kids will go into captivity. One day I just heard a man, a famous man of God, an apologetic get up and say that a man, uh, it was a military guy, he's like something like ranked high, very high in the Marines, called him on the phone, was heartbroken, crying, goes, my my daughter, she had like, she, in high school, she was leading all these Christian groups, she was on fire for God, and she loved the Lord, and, and, and she had three scholarships to three universities, and we raised her, and we were excited, so we sent her to the University of North Carolina, and within less than several months, she contacted her father, and you imagine and said, excuse me, and said, um, I just decided that I'm no longer a Christian. What? He said, no, I, 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 I'm taking a class here, a course here, because it was taught, the uh, New Testament was taught by an atheist or an agnostic, which is interesting. And uh, yeah, the university, and he said that you can't really rely on the scriptures, it's not reliable anymore. We're, we're rethinking these scriptures now, and they don't always apply it. And of course, they're not reliable, and they were written by men, blah, 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 blah. The father was heartbroken. Later, his daughter married, which is a very bad marriage, but she's married, she has a child, and she's an agnostic. She's not sure. There is a God, but this is the daughter that was on fire for God. Don't tell me. I don't know what I'm talking about here. This is what can happen. When you're a defiant nation, you will have no respect for the old, and you will show no favor to the young or to the youth. That is happening. That is a curse under Deuteronomy. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, verse 50. A defiant nation that rebels against God and has idols, that would be like what we're living right now, has no respect for the elderly, no respect. I see this, or for the old not even elderly. It's just talking about mature men and women. Look at our president. There's no respect for him. They show no favor to the young. Think about it. Parents do not even love or favor their own children. Little children like, oh, you know, give them to a nanny. Let a nanny take care of them. You want your kids to be taken over by someone? You want to put them in a daycare? Who, who's taking, who's handling your baby? I'm just asking that. And here's a really disgusting part of the curse. Now, we're, we're talking about the ancient world here. No, there's no Walmart. Sorry, guys. I was trying to picture this. There's no food. There's no grocery store. When they say the, the heavens, there's no rain, that means you have no crops. I know some of you aren't farmers and don't understand this, but that means there's no food coming out of the ground. You're not going to the store and buying food for your little self and stashing it. There's no food, and so uh, you're hungry, and you're going to die. And it says you will eat the offspring of your own your own children. That is, you go, that's cannibalism. I know. It's verse 53. You will eat your own offspring of your own body to avoid starving. You know, have you ever heard a term? This is, she just bit my head off or he bit my head off or 
you know, something biting, biting devour. Actually, the Bible does talk about that in the New Testament. Paul warned about biting one another. I was thinking of that today, like, ugh, just the idea of someone doing this is disgusting. But their own children, they'll come under siege and they will be taken over by the enemy, he said, because you didn't obey the voice of the Lord. You're in misery and you are starving. You'll eat your own offspring. And even goes on to say a man who is very refined that used to you know, love and cherish his wife now, does not love his wife, he's hostile towards her, you know? And then it says that um, the woman who is so well-bred and refined, uh, she wouldn't even touch the sole of her foot on the ground because she's so delicate. She'll be cruel and hostile towards her husband, and she will not love or cherish her own sons or daughters. Does that sound like today? It sounds so much like today. In the world that uh, husbands don't love their wives and the sons and daughters are not cherished by their mothers. Yeah, you marry someone that's not a good mom. (laughs) You marry somebody into a family that's not a good dad. You are not a good wife and you're not a good mom. Somebody needs to say that. Nobody will, but I just said it. I just said it because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of people skirting around the Holy Scriptures. But back to a happy note. (laughs) Back to the fast of the Lord. What kind of prayer life should we have before the Lord? Well, the Lord is so good to us. And he wants to reward us. And he wants to bless us. And he tells us that we are to go to him and pray. And this is how he tells us to pray. So when you're saying, how do I pray? Well, Matthew 6 tells us how to pray. It says, um, first of all, he's talking to the hypocrites now. Jesus was operating on the Abrahamic covenant, speaking to the Jews, the people at this time. When he's speaking here in Matthew, he hasn't died and shed his blood yet. And he hasn't paid the price for our sin yet. So he's speaking as a man, God in the flesh here, talking to these Jews who are under the law. And he tells them that... um, you know, your charitable deeds that you're doing should be done in secret, that your father in secret will reward you. You know, everything you do, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. When you pray, do not be like hypocrites, for they love to pray in the synagogues and at the corners of the street. They love to be seen by men. Do you know that kind of deal? The platform people have platforms. They want everybody to see them. But he said, here's what you do. Verse 6 in Matthew 6, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Notice that. Go into your inner closet. Go into your room. Where is your inner place that you go to to pray? can't be with the TV on, everything blaring, you're on the internet, your phone's on. Turn your phone off. Put it in a drawer. Turn off everything. Get, a, get someone to help you and then sit down and say, I'm going to my father today to pray. You know, get quiet with the Lord. Wherever that place is, find it. The hypocrite is someone who tells other people what to do. You ever have anybody always telling you, well, you better not do that, you better not eat that, you better not do that, but they don't do it themselves? That's a hypocrite. Living a double life. You know, they're good at pointing out, well, you should pray, but do they pray? You should do this, but do they do it? You see? See that? Jesus pointed out hypocrites. But he said, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Your father will see in secret. Your father sees you. 
And verse seven, and when you pray, do not use this repetition like over and over and over and over. See, God wants you to have spontaneous prayers that come from the heart. Not, well, I better go get this saying, you know, a mantra and say this over and over. No, actually, he likes you to be you and just pray like you. He likes you. If you're a child of God, he wants to hear your voice. Not like the heathen who think they'll be heard for saying many words. Well, if I say a long prayer, then surely God will hear me. Oh, God, it's me again. You're so honored to see me, I know. You know, it's the attitude. Therefore, do not listen to them. Or excuse me, therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things you have need of before you're asked. And then he goes on to give a sort of a model of prayer. Say, our father who art in heaven or who is in heaven, holy is your name holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He gave us a model of how we pray. We're supposed to say, Father, not, well, I wonder if God will listen to me. I'm scared of him. Well, then you don't know him. You don't know Jesus, do you? What are you scared of? You aren't praying with your heart. You're playing games. You're, you're talking. You're, you're, in, you're living in a delusion right now, okay? Pray to the Father if you are a child of God and repent of your sins. And then he goes on to say, if you do not forgive men their sins, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your sins. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites. I'm going to go fast. I got a sad countenance on. Everybody look at me. I'm fasting today. Feel sorry for me. Well, you got your reward. That's it. You don't get any answers to prayer is what he's saying in verse um, 16. He's saying, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance where they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men as fasting. What a dopey life. Hey, everybody, you feel sorry for me? Let's get on the pity party together. That doesn't work with God. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward. But when you fast, he's talking to you, child of God, Anoint your head and wash your face so that you will not appear to men as fasting, but to the Father who is in the secret place again. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. See that kind of fast? He's saying that's the kind of fast he wants. Okay? You know, fasting is scriptural. Did you know that? Did you know Jesus said this in Matthew 17, 21 and Mark 9, 29? This kind this kind of devil spirit does not come out but by prayer and fasting. And again, I can, I'm not doing a teaching just on fasting, but fasting is very interesting. When I study the Holy Scriptures, and I've been studying them for 40 years now, the kind of fast he's really looking is, whoa, baby, it is not the kind of fast that people would suppose. It is not the kind of fast that people would want you to believe. In fact, he has a little prescription in Isaiah 58 on this is the kind of fast that I require. You go, well, he's talking to the Jews there who were observing rituals and fastings, you know, and, and he's saying, cry aloud. He's saying, and lift up your voice like a trumpet and declare to my people their sins. For they seek me day and night and delight superficially to know me. Yeah, they do, you do a lot of rituals like, oh, I got to go to church today. You can go to church every day. And do you know you cannot live, you cannot go to church and that is your, your way of knowing God alone? Just going to church, going to church, going to church, going to church, going to church. What do you do meanwhile? Do you talk to God? Are you talking to him? Are you praying to him? You know, no, I just go to church and I pay my dues and my tithes and that should do it. 
good for you, but I got more news for you. He's saying, cry aloud and tell people their transgressions. Yet they seek me day and night. Not, not to know me, though. See, not to, because if you really got to know God, you know what I just read to you in Deuteronomy. He requires us in a way, a different way. And if they were in reality a nation that had done righteously and had not abandoned or turned from me, they would ask of me righteous judgments and delight to be near to their God. See, just getting up and saying, I want this, I want that, I want that, gimme, 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 me, me, I. You don't have a relationship with Jesus, darling. You can have one right now if you repent and turn to him. He just wants you to call on him and be near to him. And, he's, and then they complain. Listen to the annoying complaint. Do you, like, you like people when they do this to you? We fasted and you did not see it. We humbled ourselves and you don't take notice of me. I've been doing this now for 10 years. I've been doing this for five years. I prayed one time and it didn't work. Do you ever hear anyone say that? Like, what are you talking about? We're talking about a relationship and intimacy with the Father here. Hear, O Israel, the day of your fast, when you should be grieving and repenting of your sins, <laughs> you know, and find something you desire to do, you force this, you do this. He's saying you, you don't pay your people you hire, you're stingy or you're greedy. Are you greedy and stingy? You know? The facts that the fast the fast that you are fasting is only for strife. Could you imagine? They want to get into a confrontation and contend with them. I'm fasting today. Leave me alone. But they're contending and striving. Uh, I don't think you should fast. You do not fast as you do today to make your voice heard on high. Is a fast such as this is what I have chosen a day? Is it a day for a man to humble himself with sorrow in his soul? Is it only to bow down his head like a reed to make sackcloth and ashes? In other words, just the outward appearance of the fasting Israel. Is that what I wanted? I'm going to the Cut to the chase. I'm going to the heart of the matter. It is your heart I'm after. You call that a fast, he said? That's not pleasing to me. Some people like to announce that they're doing spiritual things or they're acting spiritual. They can be mean as hell. You know that? Because it's not the fast of the Lord. Do you call this a fast? Is your heart really changed and turned towards God in prayer and fasting? He said to undo the bonds of wickedness. This is a fast I went from you. You know, to tear off those ropes on people's necks, to let the oppressed go free and break every enslaving yoke, to divide half of your bread, give it to those who are hungry. Bring homeless into your home. When you see the naked, you cover them and not hide yourself from the needs of your own family. In other words, you have a family and they love you, but you hide from them and you don't care about their needs. You're too caught up in your own little needs. He didn't say friends. He said family there. Then your light will break out. He wants you to break out like a dawn. And your healing will come, new life. And you'll be strengthened and your righteousness will go before you and lead you to peace and prosperity. Get this, the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. You're going to be protected, man. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. You will cry for help. Do you do that? Lord, help me. And then he'll say, here am I. Here am I. If you will take away from you in the midst of you the oppression and the finger pointing. What's the finger pointing? Well, I see what she does. Do you know what she's doing? Hey, I'm, I see that sin. Wow, look at that. Well, she's not right. Well, he's not right. Well, you don't do that right. Well, see, well, my husband doesn't do that right. Point the finger right back at you, darling. 
Well, my my wife is not all that. She should be better. Point the finger right back at you, sweetheart, okay? The oppression that's on people God is concerned about. So stop pointing at that. In this culture we're in right now, people are wicked, they're sinful, and they're unjust, and their speech is unbelievably wicked. You don't turn on CNN, MSNBC, and those wacky you know, people that are sitting up there that are bought and sold by George Soros and are paid for the elitist and for the New World Order and for the Illuminati. See, those people are bought. These are billionaires. Don't sit there and listen to that crap. Okay, I'm going to just tell you straight. Sorry that offended you, but don't because that's not what God is saying. Listen to the voice of the Lord. You know, it says offer yourself to assist somebody. Get involved. Then your light will break out. Your gloom will become like midday. And the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your soul. When everyone's in a scorched and dry place, you will be strengthened. You will not, you will not die. And you're, it says, even says that your bones, and I claim the scripture for myself too, because it said your bones will be like a well-watered garden. And you will get up, and you know what you will do? You will rebuild, and you will plant, and you will restore, and you will you will be the repairer of the breach. You know what the repairer of the breach is? Someone who stands in the gap and intercedes. That word, repair the breach. There's a breach in the wall. There's a breach in your family. There's an opening there. There's a problem there. It needs to be restored. It needs to be healed and repaired. That's your job. Intercession pray. Pray for your family. Pray for the streets you live in. Pray for those people around you. Pray for our nation. Pray for a president. If you turn your foot from unnecessary travel, now he goes in to say, the problem with you guys under the law, again, they don't even keep the holy day of the Lord. They do their own thing on the holy day. You know, I'm doing my own thing, speaking my own pleasure, and I don't care about God. He says, well, sorry, if you take pleasure only in the Lord, though, I will make you to ride. You're going to take a ride with him. Ride on the high places of the earth with him. But the Lord has spoken it. So back to my original thought here. There is barrenness in the land today. I was studying childlessness, which is a curse actually. And I was looking at the scripture on barrenness. And I was thinking about what the Lord says. And it was so sad to me because I was looking over before Jerusalem was taken and by its enemies and the, the temple would be destroyed. Right before that, Jesus mourned and cried and lamented over Jerusalem before he was offered up, before he was taken. He saw these daughters of Jerusalem, it says in Luke 23, verse 28. But Jesus turned to them while he was carrying his cross and going up to die and be tortured for us. As he was going up, these women were following him. They were precious, I'm sure. They loved him and followed him. He says, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves. Weep for your children. Jesus told them to cry for your children. I don't see many people interceding for their children today. These women need to cry out for indeed the days are coming in which they will say blessed are the barren wombs and that never bore. They'd say you're blessed and you don't have children. They'll call that a blessing when God just said to us it is a curse to be barren. You see? And breasts which never nurse. Oh, you're blessed. Then they'll begin to say mountains fall on us and the hills cover us. You know what he was inferring there? He was prophesying the fall of Jerusalem the fall of the temple. You know, and, and I believe it's Jeremiah that prophesied, they will take your babies and throw them and dash them against the rocks. He said, cry for your children. 
Then later he said, Father, forgive them when they were torturing him and nailing him to the cross where they know not what they do. Forgive them. Break the bonds of wickedness. You know what it means to believe a lie, being deceived? That's the devil's number one modus operandi. If he can get you to believe a lie about God, if he can get you away from the Holy Scriptures, if he can get you to think God's not so good, God's not doing this for me, or uh, something about myself, I'm not, blah, 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 blah. If you break through today with that thought, say, I'm taking authority over that. I'm taking dominion. That's what it means. In the name of Jesus, and I'm going to break through today. This is my breakthrough day. When we fast, we break the curse of barrenness, whether it's actual physical barrenness or there's a leanness in your soul, a leanness in your soul. You are not fruitful. We know in the Holy Scriptures that God told us in Genesis 1, 28, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. We know having children, being fruitful is God's will. But if you believe a lie and you're deceived, the devil's got you. You know, every single woman in the Bible, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Hannah, All those women that were the patriarchs' uh, mothers or called to be uh, uh, leaders, actually, their their husbands were leaders. Every single one of those women were barren until God came and opened their womb, until they were to God saying, God, you see, pray, pray right now. Elizabeth. He, she needed her husband to pray. And guess who came out of Elizabeth? John the Baptist. Come on, people. Go into your inner room. Matthew 6, 6. When you pray, go into your inner room and shut the door. And Jesus said, this kind will not come out but by prayer. Notice, this kind does not come out. And fasting. He makes the barren a joyful mother of children. In Psalms 113, 9. Rebecca conceived, it says. She had conception. Genesis 25, 21. It says, Isaac prayed on behalf of his wife. You know, on behalf of his wife means interceded for her. You can intercede. Did you know you can pray? You can stand in the gap. You can stand in the breach and it will happen. Isaiah 54, shout for joy, it says. You who bore no children, more will be the sons of the barren. More will be the sons of the barren. Genesis 30, Rachel cried out and said, Give me children or I die. Nothing is impossible. Sing it. Luke 1, 37, you know, song, Nothing is impossible. Genesis 1, 28, I said, Be fruitful and multiply. Do you know children are, if you have a baby or a child right now, it is a gift from the Lord. Do you know, our whole idea about children and babies needs to shift. This is part of my research, part of my gift ministry here is that I am going to be speaking about this. I know God's saying, this is why you get up and spend hours in the Word, Paula. Speak it to the daughters. Speak it to the sons of mine. Tell them to tell others, children are a blessing from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. That means you have been given favor. God has to make sure something about you, though. Do you still have worldliness in you? Do you still have this world in your head? Are you confused? Do you not know who you are? Go to the Holy Scripture and you'll find yourself in the mirror of God's Word. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, usually if you're a woman, you're supposed to have kids. You know, they they did a record of people who graduated from just high school, not even college, and and got married and have children. Or excuse me, got married and worked a job for a long time and had children. 
and you know, married, had children, married first and had children, excuse me, they had very good lives. They stayed married to the same person. Isn't that interesting? It wasn't even talking about higher, higher education there. It was talking about, you know, people who make up the bulk of America, for example, our culture, were good, solid people. They had worked hard. They had their children, okay? They did the right thing. You know what I mean? There's something to that, to think about that. So the fruit of the womb is a reward. It says in Exodus 23, serve the Lord and he shall bless you. He will take sickness out of your midst. Boy, I was attacked with some sickness. You're going to believe it. I was out for a whole week. If you weren't part of that, and most of you were, knew about it, but some of you weren't on my call, I was sick and I had gone to the doctor and I had, I had, they had found something. But you know what? For that whole week, I was in pain. The Lord delivered me. I know some of you, especially, I want to name names, but I'm not going to, prayed and interceded for me. Boy, your prayers avail much. Your prayers avail much. By faith, Sarah conceived. Remember, in Hebrews 11, 11, by faith, Sarah got pregnant. Say it. By faith, Sarah got pregnant. You can't be pregnant forever. You got to give birth sometime. So I'm talking about just not just barrenness there, but you if you have a dream or a vision, it, you have to give birth to it sometime. You got to kick that thing out. God's given you a thought, something he wants you to do for him, begin to pray on it. If you're looking or seeking for him, there's a proper time to give birth. The Lord took note of Sarah's troubles in uh, Genesis 21.1, and he, he brought about what she prayed for. But here's the deal. The final thing on this call today is persistence, to hotly, hotly pursue, to hotly have a desire, a hunger. Who, who was it on the call, I guess, last week said, they, they don't, they're not hungry. I think it was Nicole. She said, they don't have a hunger for God. They don't have a thirst for God. You have to be hungry. You know, I have everything I want. Good for you, okay? I don't know how old you are, but the real world isn't this world. It's coming, the world to come. You're going to be heading over there, hopefully, Right? So I wouldn't bank on everything in this world. I wouldn't put all my money into this world, the things of this world. I wouldn't spend my time sexing up or trying to look hot or trying to spend too much of my time over in that arena. But I would. I didn't say you shouldn't look nice. I didn't say that. You guys and gals, I said that you should pursue the Lord. You know, Jesus gave this amazing example, and I'll close with this, in Luke 18, 1. I love the story. It always used to trouble me when I read it, this parable that he told of the unjust judge. And I'd always think, gosh, Lord, the unjust judge, I don't really like this guy. Why are we even talking about somebody unjust? Well, he doesn't want us to to lose heart. If you've been praying about something for a long, 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 long time, and I know I have, and I know many of you have, you believe God, get back up, get back up, get back up, get back up and pursue God again, okay? And believe God again, okay? Today is your day, breakthrough. Breakthrough in the name of Jesus. And here's what he said. He told the disciples a parable. So they, uh, at times when they ought to pray, they give up and lose heart. So this is about, some for someone now, Luke 18, for someone who's about to give up or has given up and lose heart, Okay? So I just want to leave that. Well, I have one more scripture and I'll leave this with you. He says, listen, the unjust judge. So he's talking about God being just and being 
He's a good, good father. Okay? You know that song? And he says, he's saying, in a city there was a certain judge who did not fear God. Does that sound familiar today? <laughs> who does not have any respect for man. This is a judge. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? In our crooked government. But there was a desperate widow in the city, and she kept coming to him. This is a widow. She has no husband. So she, or you could say she's orphaned. Or he's orphaned. You can be an orphan guy. You can, have a, you can be a guy and have an orphan spirit. I'm talking to guys too. Orphaned and saying, I'm going to go get justice, right? But unfortunately, you ran up against somebody who doesn't have any, doesn't give a hoot for you, doesn't respect anything about law and justice, and yet he's a judge, right? Sounds familiar. So this desperate widow, when she kept coming to him, not just one time, give me justice and legal protection from the devil or from my adversary. So, I mean, you know, when you go to God, are you going to him based on what? It must be on his word only and what he's already said and told you. If he already said you should be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, boom, you got it. If he's saying, look at these women of God who were barren and are fruitful, that's what you stand on. That's what you pursue. You don't just go off on your own. You have a legal document. Do you hear what it said? It said she went and asked in the city and came to him for legal protection. That's, that's a key there. See, heaven and hell are run on legality. You go, what do you mean by that? It is written, it is written, it is written. The legal document you have that you behold right here, the word of God, in your heart, out your mouth, is your entrance into getting your prayer answered. If you just say, I just say, recite things, I'm not really sure if I believe them or not. Well, that's why you don't have any answer to prayer, among other things. You've got to believe the Word of God in your heart. You've got to know what the Word of God says for yourself. Someone's not going to do that for you. You're not going to run to a meeting somewhere and you go, well, if I just get to this one guy, this one healer, I'll be healed. No, you won't. No, you won't. God wants more from you. He's gifted you. He wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want you to run around looking for a man to do it for you. There was this desperate widow in the city, and she kept coming to him saying, give me justice, give me legal protection from the devil or from my adversary. For a time, he would not. He would not. So she did not have a breakthrough. This was a long time. Later, he said, even though I do not fear God, I don't respect her. Yet because this widow continues to come to me and she just keeps on and asking me and asking me, she's bothering me, I will give her justice and legal protection. Otherwise, she's going to wear me out. He's actually saying she's going to continually come here. It's going to be intolerable. She's going to annoy me. (laughs) She's going to wear me out. (laughs) She's pursuing. I like that word, persistence, diligence. Then he said, then, then the Lord, excuse me, said, listen to what the unjust judge said. And then he said, listen, and then he gave them that reply. And then he said, will not our just God defend and avenge his elect, his children, his chosen ones who cry out to him? Notice it, not hypocrite. Not mantra prayers over and over and over and over. Who cry out spontaneously to him in the spirit. That's what I'm saying. Night and day. Will he delay giving her justice? Giving them justice? See that? See that pressing, pressing in. That pursuing him. 
night and day, spontaneous thank you. Sometimes it's not just saying the same prayer over and over and over and over and over and over. It's saying, God, thank you. I've already prayed. Thank you. I'm still pursuing you. I'm still having a relationship with you. Notice God test you. He tests your faith. If I give her what she wants, will she be faithful to me? Is there some unfaithfulness in your record? Did you look at your record? Have you been faithful to the Lord in everything? Be honest. Got to be honest. Have we been, all of us, faithful, full of faith towards God, pursuing him, you know, obeying him, doing what he tells us to do? Or do we just kind of hit or miss once in a while? Eh, I feel up today, tomorrow I'm down, up, down, up, down, up, down. He can't give you what you want. He can't trust you. He's going to entrust you, though, because after you hear this message, you're going to understand. You're going to understand. You know, Jesus said, for, you know, when he talked about the children, he said, bring them to me. Don't forbid them. For such is the kingdom of heaven. It belongs to these. You are a child of God. When you're lowly, humble, trusting, and forgiving, your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done. So the unjust judge, you know, he was unjust and he gave this woman. He says, should not the father, your father in heaven, given, give this to his children who cry to him day and night? Will he delay? Will he delay providing justice? He will give justice. And I tell you, verse 8 in uh, Luke 18, he says, he will defend and avenge them quickly. However, it's interesting. He made this note. He said, but when the Son of Man, he called himself the Son of Man. I love that. Comes. Will he find this kind of persistent faith on the earth? This is the persistent faith he's talking about. Someone is not going to let go. Do you have bulldog tenacity? Do you have that kind that bites down? And I'm not letting go. Don't let go today. I'm on fire for God right now. <laughs> I'm not letting go. I'm preaching this to me too. I'm not letting go what I'm believing God for. Days you feel weak. I understand that. No, I get the flesh. The flesh is annoying. It, 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 it's, it just makes you feel weary. I get that. Okay. I am sympathetic with that. But now today, let us together break through, shall we? Father, in the name of Jesus, every single person, if you're listening to this message, this is anointed by him for you. This is gift wrapped fruit. I'm handing it to you from the father's heart to you today. Look at Luke 18. Look at those verses in Luke 18 about the unjust judge and the just judge. I'm looking at the Amplified Version of the Bible today, and I'm asking you to pursue God in prayer. Don't let go, and come with me, and let's do that together, okay? In the name of Jesus, I bless you, and I thank you, and I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.